1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Hi, this is Vivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature. Comes out on July first, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. John Cho is the author of Troublemaker. He is most known as Harold from Harold and Kumar. Hikara Sulu from J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, or as the star of the highly anticipated live-action Netflix series Cowboy Bebop, based on the worldwide cult anime phenomenon, news of which, quote, broke the internet, to quote Vanity Fair. John is also a former seventh grade English teacher who grew up as a Korean immigrant kid in Texas and East LA, among many other places. He is also now a proud father with his Japanese American wife, Carrie, of two beautiful children, a nine-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old boy who both love to read. Welcome, John. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Troublemaker.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Would you mind describing your book a little bit for people who aren't familiar with it? I'm sorry to put you through this. I'm sure you've done I could try to sum it up for you, but you you give it a go.
3: (laughs) The book follows a 12 year old Jordan Park who is a bit of a troublemaker kid. He comes home suspended from school. And when he comes home, his parents are home unexpectedly because it's April 29th, 1992, the day that the Rodney King verdict has been read. They're in a discussion about what they should do about their store in South Central LA. The dad decides to go board it up in case there's unrest. When he leaves, his family is watching the news and growing increasingly worried about dad out there. And so Jordan makes the ill-advised decision to go into his father's closet, get his dad's gun, and deliver it to him for protection the first night of the LA riots. So that's that's what the book is. It's about a boy trying to get across L.A. on the worst night of of their of their family's lives.
0: I mean, it's hard to get across L.A. even when it's not the worst night.
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's like always a challenge getting across. True that true it. that <laughs> you know the riots make it. I don't mean to trivialize it. Obviously, it was mm-hmm. a night and I remember it well. I was in New York, but anyway. So, I've read all these different interviews that you've given and you've alluded to your high school career and your younger days of revelness or whatever. Yeah. Tell me about you growing up and, like, what some of the most. Egregious things you did that you may and I, I know you have a thirteen-year-old. What do you wish you had never done, or what are you proud of? Proud of doing it? I think. Time?
3: I think the I, I wasn't. I wasn't exactly, you know, Marlon Brando and the Wild Ones or anything, but um, <laughs> you know, for me, the parallel to the gun in my life, because the gun for Jordan is this proxy for adulthood and responsibility and power and protection, and it it's very symbolic for him, and it's. He doesn't understand what it does, Mm -hmm. which is to shoot bullets, (laughs) you know, and at people. But for me, the thing was the car. And I remember when I was, I must've been 13 or 14. I just wanted to drive the car. And one night I, you know, put pillows in my bed and snuck out of the house, took the keys and drove the car. It was a Lincoln, it was a Lincoln Continental. I think it was no the Lincoln Mark five it was a huge boat and uh, I was just (laughs) you know barely looking over the steering wheel and I got a few blocks before a cop uh, arrested me and you know so my parents had the you know were woken up in the middle of the night by the police so I feel very bad that I did that (laughs) but that was that was so Jordan at that age you're you're trying to figure out how to be an adult. And it's so tough and you're grasping at dumb things. And you know, there's a lot of things happening inside that body uh, at that age. And you're trying to grow up faster than, than is wise.
0: I uh, I have to admit, which I never do, that I once took my parents' car also, but I didn't tell them until like my second wedding. (laughs) 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 But I was smart enough to have my girlfriend drive it. I just like sat in the passenger seat. Oh, nice. He was a much better <laughs> driver than I was. Well, everyone's a much better driver than I was. Anyway, and we didn't get caught, but you
3: know. Well done, well played.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you. I know, I almost never wanted to tell them, but finally I came clean. Uh,
3: <laughs> Were you grounded?
0: <laughs> I know, right? I was a little worried. I'm like, I know I'm 40 years old, but you know, I have to tell you what I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I got away with it, it turns out. So, well, wanting to please your parents is sort of another thing wanting to rebel against them, but at the same time, desperately wanting their approval. And I feel like the main character in this book really feels that way. And is, you know, really wants his, his dad to pay attention and, and is scared of the failure and is scared of confronting them. And, and yet, like There are these diametrically opposed forces all the time with what you want from your parents, especially at that age. Tell me about that, the relationship with parents, how you can simultaneously want to please and then also <laughs> torture them with your behavior.
3: Right. I mean, I, I guess... I think parents are gods to children. They're, they created you, <laughs> they taught you everything, they fed you, and so you want to... You want to be like them. You want their approval. You desperately need them to bless you. And yet at that age, you need to define who you are and you, and to be like them, you need to individuate, you know, eventually. So it's an awkward time when they still need care, but they want to, I'm now mixing up pronouns. I, I, I was I, now it's them, uh, but, uh, but you know, uh, I guess I'm, I'm being a parent, thinking about it as a parent, and being a kid, but yeah, so boy, is it a difficult time. And I think also for, for Jordan, these things are exacerbated by, you know, being immigrants and, and trying to become quote American also, which is further individuating your parents and alienating them also. So it's a weird time.
0: I love the image of the grandfather on the couch, you know, basically not moving and occasionally looking like he understands, but like being such a fixture and, you know, the drama in the kitchen. And, you know, you painted the whole family dynamic just so spot on. Like you feel like you're really a part of all that. And the older sister and the way she sits with her. Her, what do you call it? Like a you know, shirt over her knees, like a yeah. little tent or whatever you called it. I also felt like the breaking glass in the kitchen at the, at the mirror, sorry, at the, on the cabinet, at the beginning of the story, was just such a you know foreshadowing of course, of all the stuff to come. Right. That was very yeah. little literary move of you there. Was that intentional?
3: <laughs> it was actually, it was, and, but it also happened to me. Even my parents, uh, we, we, moved around a lot and there were some very lean years and there were frequent fights about money and one time resulted in the sliding door coming off its hinges. And it was a little bit of a mix in my in my life uh, that it simply came off the hinges, but it kind of mixed two events. The police incident that's referred to in the book when they came, that was uh, a BB gun that shattered our front Sliding glass door, and the police came in with their boots on. And in the story, it's a robbery where we see how we see uh, the Jordan's parents' relationship to police. But yeah, the the, the image of things shattering was, you know, kind of in my head, and uh, thought it might be useful.
0: We had our front glass shot by a BB gun once. I woke up, and there was like, oof. Yeah, I, I guess I had a babysitter with a, a boyfriend with an issue.
3: With her, so. Really.
0: I was a kid. It was like we weren't we were out of the city. We were out on the wow. Yeah.
3: That is drama. It was drama. Un- unwanted drama. Jeez. I know.
0: I know. Yeah, not sure it was worth like her Nestle Quick movie making. <laughs> to like have to repair our mirror did you so I know your main thing right is your acting career and you know that's been super successful all this time so now you've delved into a whole new field like what were you at all nervous about this or were you just like I know you had a co-writer and that's great were you at all worried about going into a new you know tackling the middle grade novel and and trying to figure out what you'd be like as a writer
3: Absolutely. And, you know, I don't think uh, the, the co writer idea came up when I changed course because I was going to do something much lighter. And it was the events of 2020 that caused me to change course. And that was when I thought, well, I think I'm going to need someone to talk through things with. Right. This, this, the subject matter combined with the audience seemed very. Seemed like there was gonna be a lot of landmines and I wanted to navigate that responsibly with someone who had written for that audience before. So yeah, I was, to answer your question, I was very nervous. And again, I, I, I just wanted to do it truthfully, but responsibly. And we tried our best to make something that, you know, mirrored what I was going through in our house, which was to talk about these events plainly Mm-hmm. But not to scare them, because we didn't want them to feel like they couldn't, that their world was unsafe for them. We didn't want them to feel like they couldn't walk out of the house. And so, it was it was a difficult balance. And I wanted to kind of bring that same those same intentions to the book as the, that we were bringing to our own children. That's lovely.
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: What do you feel like, how do you process all of the anti-Asian violence going on right now? Like, how do you come to terms with that? How do you think about it? How do you talk to your kids about it?
3: You know, I, I don't know if I've come to terms with it very well, uh, very successfully. I'm shocked that, I'm so naive. I, I had hoped that it would have been temporary, you know, the, the onset of the pandemic when, you know, we heard, you know, Kung flu virus and all that stuff. And and yet it's continuing, especially in New York. I'm particularly dismayed that they're attacking women and the elderly. It mm-hmm. seems particularly dark and malicious, you know, but yeah, it does seem to be the cycle that that's repeated itself in Asian American history going from Sort of the good ones to the scapegoats, you know. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the the most extreme version is you know, the Japanese being interrogated during World War II, mm-hmm. and Germans being left alone. So that German Americans being left alone rather. So it seems to be re- history repeating itself. But, but I would say this: uh, I, I it's hard to imagine even a political forces causing a man to attack a defenseless woman. It's it's really mind boggling. I I. I can barely, I don't know. I, I have trouble uh, even accepting the data, <laughs> the facts of the facts. It's it's almost seems mythological. Like I, I, I just, it's, I, I read the accounts in the paper and have to, to read again because it seems so improbable and yet, you know, it's happening frequently. So it's, it's very sad.
0: I had a housekeeper for my whole life for 30 years, like my mother's family, and she was pushed in front of a subway and killed. She's Asian, and it was awful.
3: Oh my God, when?
0: I know, this happened... 2016 I think 2016 oh, wow. but I and I recently interviewed I don't mean to be flip about it it's obviously very upsetting but I recently interviewed Kian Julie Wang who wrote Beautiful Country which if you haven't read is like amazing it's amazing mm-hmm. memoir and I was talking to her about it because it comes up in her book and all that and she said you know I don't think it's happening anymore now I think it's just finally being reported by the media which is even more upsetting
3: Right, right, yeah. I'm. I, I think also that's the slipperiness of of addressing this issue is being, re- you know, is it being reported, mm-hmm. and how do we count hate crimes? And so it is, it's thorny. I, I, I don't even know how to start addressing it. How do you convince people not to do this darkest thing that you would never, that you could never conceive of? So it's baffling and exceptionally frustrating. Yeah.
0: Well, I have to say one of the ways to combat some of these misperceptions or stereotype or whatever is being able to put yourself in people's shoes, which is what fiction does best. Right. Right. Being able to empathize and learn and see what it's like, you know, putting yourself in someone's living room. Not that necessarily people are. That's one of the tools. I feel like that's that's one of the main tools of of getting people on the same page is to write a fiction about it or memoir or whatever. So I feel like a book like yours is, is helps people transcend everything, right? This is what it's like for this one child and this one experience and, you know, stop and pay attention. And, you know, this is this family. And the, anyway,
3: so. I, I hope I, so that, that there are a lot of, you know, we set this book inside a really pivotal political event, but right. at, you know, well, the, at the heart of it, it's a love story between a father and a son and a portrait of a, a Korean-American family. And I hope that people can empathize. I mean, I think we started from the image that everyone remembers from the L.A. riots. If you if you ask if there's a single image from of Korean-Americans from the L.A. riots, it's those men on the rooftops with their guns. And I think the attack for me was, you know, what if we followed that man home? and what is his home life like? And what are the, what are the dynamics there? And if people got a sense of who their neighbors might be, their Korean American neighbors through the mm-hmm. book, that would really please me.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: if they got, if they felt kinship, that would really be amazing.
0: Is this going to be a movie? Are you going to be the dad? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it might be a movie. We'll see. <laughs> it could be. I think it could be.
0: I think it should be. I think it should be. I think it's an important story to, 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 digest personally. Well, I'm sure you agree with me because it's yours.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it would be a cool movie. And I am partial to sort of one night movies, incidentally, you know, I made one myself, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, (laughs) but, uh, but uh, that, 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 that has always been a a movie genre that I really like. (laughs) So I think it might be be a good one. And there are burgers in my book as well.
0: (laughs) My husband loved your movie, by the way, <laughs> oh,
3: like, he's,
0: like, such a fan. He thought it was the coolest thing that I was interviewing him. And I was like, I'm well, an author. He did. that's what I do. So anyway, you have a loyal fan base, as you know. <laughs> Um, in fact, I was reading it. How dismayed people were that your last project ended. There were so many. Like, why did this end? What happened? You know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway.
3: Me too, by the way. <laughs> I was one of, them. <laughs> you're,
0: one of the, you're just like posting about hey, it, Hey, man. Just, like, yeah. And my
3: mom was my mom was the other one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Most searched Google term by the, by the star. So. <laughs> <laughs> I read also that you, like so many of us, had a lot of anxiety about many of the events today and George Floyd and all of the things and that one resulted in a panic attack. And I was wondering if, if that was accurate and if that was something you struggle with and if you have any t- tips for managing anxiety, which oh, I,
3: would man. always, I
0: would welcome. So
3: I, I was going to ask you for tips, but... <laughs> <back to> Kevin- <laughs> That did happen very recently to me. I was. Uh, I think it, it was. It was also real. It was illustrative of of how stressful the last few years have been, and mm-hmm. how sustained it's been. And one day at a time, I guess you can deal with it. But collectively, you start putting those years together, and boy, has it been wearing on us. And I hadn't thought about that day, and you know that I was listening to a podcast about the day uh, it was at Lafayette park, Trump went out with the Bible and,
2: mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and
3: cleared out the protesters with tear gas and stuff. And it was a firsthand account of the, a man who had an apartment on that block and let in the protesters into his apartment. And they were cleaning out, taking milk out of the fridge and cleaning out the tear gas from the eyes. And it was just packed with protesters. And it's this friendship that formed between the, the, the apartment owner and a protester and I was just transported back to that day and that time, and I don't know what it was. I can't, I can't really quite explain it. It seemed like me finally looking back and letting kind of the last six years hit me in the chest. And I was exercising, I had to kind of stop and I, was, I couldn't have, I've had a couple of panic attacks, but it's not been something that's happened often to me. So it was really surprising and I had to stop and just breathe for a while, That's <sighs> was tough. I always think
0: about that scene with Jack Nicholson. Did you see As Good As It Gets? I think that's the one where he has a panic attack and goes to the hospital because he thinks he's having a heart attack. And that's so common, right? People, it's all the same symptoms. Our bodies,
3: you
0: know, trick us.
3: <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it, i guess we feel these things it starts in the brain and goes through the body and it's a, it's a moment of trauma you know yeah. and and it's weird that you can have past trauma and and it becomes present tense trauma yeah so uh, the body the body and mind you, very, body mysterious, <laughs> very mysterious very
0: mysterious <laughs> oh my gosh okay any other plans for more books
3: yes you know i i don't know yet what it might be but it's been i, I gotta say i the greatest thing about having written a book is knowing that you have written one. And, <laughs> and it's been such a gift to me because, you know, my day job being an actor, you come in for the middle part, you miss the preparation and then you come in for the, for the hot stuff in the middle and then you leave and then they finish the film and kind of taking it from beginning to end has been so gratifying and it has emboldened me. And in many parts of my life, and thinking, well, if I can do this, maybe I can do something else. So it's been one of the one of the coolest things uh, that I've ever done, and it hasn't even come out yet. But you know, just having done it, it feels so great. And, and most of all, I look forward to kids reading it. I'm I, I wanted to write a book just because I wanted, you know, I, w- I would like to have said it was for my kids, but really it was for 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 me, for twelve year old me. And I thought, wow, it be, would have been really cool for for 12 year old me to walk into a library because we didn't go to bookstores (laughs) and see this book and see that boy on the cover. And, and so I'm just really looking forward to, to seeing it on a shelf and seeing a kid grab it.
0: Oh, that's great. I love that. You'll put like little (laughs) secret cameras in all the stories. Yeah. (laughs) I'll
3: be lurking in the children's (laughs) section of Barnes and Noble. (laughs) I know that sounds terrible.
0: (laughs) Oh, so funny. oh my gosh like looking around the corner peeking you know, through the through the book you know, like your eyes through. oh my gosh Too all right well John thank you so much thanks for coming on Moms Don't Time to Read Books congratulations it's a huge accomplishment and really powerful story really really well written and captivating and important and and all the good things so congratulations thank
3: you thanks so much for having me appreciate okay. it
0: my pleasure take care bye bye bye